everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is Han Talks First, a Star Wars podcast, and I, of course, am your host, Han. This is the podcast you are looking for. And we got a lot to cover today, a lot of news. This is the first Star Wars episode of Season 3 of Han Talks First, so welcome if you're joining us today. So glad you could be here. And uh, like I said, we're going to be doing a lot of topics. We're covering things such as Star Wars Replay, of course, the events that have happened in Star Wars history this week. We also have this new character in, in Star Wars The High Republic. It's a rock. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also talking about Rangers of the New Republic and quite possibly who the replacement for Cara Dune would be in that show. And our final main topic is uh, we're talking a little bit about Empire Strikes Back and how some of the plot holes have been filled, such as how Yoda forgot R2-D2. And then we're also covering things like Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's some news updates and casting updates, some Ryan Johnson updates on his Star Wars, and of course, just a bunch of other stuff here today. So I'm so glad you could join us. And my camera is a little bit out of focus. Let me see if I can. There we go. And like I said on Twitter and Instagram, I'm making a special announcement today. Uh, something that I am really excited about, about a certain guest that I'll be having on my show next week that you guys will get to hear from. And yeah, if you are if you're with us live right now, welcome. Thank you for joining us. I see some people on the Facebook, some people on the YouTube. And it looks like there's one person on the Twitch stream. Welcome to the show. I see we have Max and we have Josh in the chat, ready to go. Oh, yes, Geode. Exactly. That's who that infamous rock is of the uh, the franchise here. So let's start off by I'm going to tell you about my week real quick because I got a surprise from my girlfriend. She pre-ordered this Star Wars collectible that I was really excited about. She pre-ordered it back in December, and it came in just a few days ago. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen it already, but she got me. I love Funkos, and she got me this right here. So this is the Darth Vader concept series by Funko Pop. And look at that. Isn't it beautiful? So gorgeous. So this is based off the Ralph McQuarrie design of Darth Vader from the original concepts back in 1976. So it might even be 1975 somewhere around that time period. But I saw this and I absolutely love it. And he still has the blue lightsaber on it because they didn't update the um, concept of having a red one in the 70s when they were developing Star Wars. So yeah, I got this. And there's three others. There's the original R2, the original C-3PO, and the original Yoda design. So if I can get those, my collection will be complete. And General Grievous would be so proud of me. So... I don't know. It's one of my favorite collectibles at this time. I would love to know what your guys' favorite collectibles are of Star Wars. So if you're with us live, tell me in the chat so I can be sure to give you a shout out as well. Uh, Josh says, that's sick. Max says, I really like this Darth Vader concept art. Funko Pop, I thought about picking it up myself. You should. It's really cool. And uh, they're going to be limited. This is kind of a limited series. It's not going to be like the other Funkos. So I recommend going and checking that out as soon as you can. Um, but again, uh, for the new people out there, if you're watching this video late or listening to the podcast for the first time, we do episodes every week here 
typically every Monday and Friday, we host a Star Wars show and a Marvel talk show. We talk about kind of the best of both worlds there. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Overcast for the podcast. And you can find us on the YouTube page, Facebook, and Twitch for the video stream. If you're watching this video live, please consider subscribing. It helps out so much. And like this video, please. It would mean a lot to me. So before we get into like some of the main stuff, there was something exciting that happened a few days ago that I forgot to announce on my podcast last week. I was actually featured in a magazine here in Los Angeles uh, for my podcast. And I'll leave a link in the description, but here is the, I took a screenshot of the page. So Voyage LA Magazine wrote an article about me and you can find it in my bios and I will throw the link in the chat here in just one second. But I had a really great conversation. We talked a little bit about what inspired me to make this show, some of the challenges I faced, and uh, where the where, what we're going to see in season three of this show. So here is the link. I just posted it in the chat. If you guys want to check it out, you're more than welcome to. It's also linked in the bios as well. Um, but again, thank you so much, Voyage LA, for featuring in your magazine. Uh, it, was a, it was a real honor to get that get that chance, and I thank you so much for doing that. So the big announcement. Let's talk about the big announcement. Drum roll, please. Okay. I have had a friend for about five, six years now who has worked in Star Wars before, and she is actually a part of a main character in one of the animated series. And I spoke with her a few days ago and she's going to let me interview her and she's going to come on the show and share her story. Her name is Yessi Riviera. And she is actually the original and the first ever Sabine Wren. She was the first official face of Sabine back when they were developing the character. And she was also the official Lucasfilm prototype for Sabine. So she got to like put on the armor before anyone else. She got to meet with all the cast of Rebels. And she has a great Star Wars story to share. So she will be here next week. And we'll get to talk to her and learn a little bit more about Rebels. And I got to tell you, it's a really exciting story. I think you guys will like it a lot. So there's that to look forward to. So like we do every week, every Monday, we start off with our first segment of the show, Star Wars Replay. So here's this week's Star Wars Replay. Enjoy. Star Wars Replay. Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, back in 1977, Marvel's first Star Wars comic, issue number one, was shipped to retailers and came out two months before the movie. In 1979, Oscar Isaac, who played Poe Dameron in Star Wars, was born. In 1979, Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew filmed the probe droid scene from Empire Strikes Back. In 1997, Return of the Jedi Special Edition was released in theaters. And finally, in 2005, the fan-created encyclopedia website known as Wikipedia was launched. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next Monday to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Max, in the chat for uh, acknowledging the the interview. I think that's what you're talking about. Yes, it's it's very exciting. Uh, you 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 won't want to miss it. It's a it's a great conversation. So yes, I'll I'll talk about it again towards the end of this episode. Um, but next week it's going to be great. I can't wait. 
So let's talk about some news, some updates before we get into the main topic today, because some stuff happened last week, some announcements, some casting news. I'm talking specifically about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, you all know that it's my most anticipated Star Wars event coming up is the Obi-Wan show. It's Obi-Wan was one of my favorite characters of the prequels, one of my favorite characters of the original trilogy. And I was so thrilled that he's coming back with Hayden Christensen to be Darth Vader again. It's it's one of the it's a rare moment that we get to enjoy as fans. And I'm really excited. But it was announced that Indira, I'm sorry, Indira Varma, Varma, Indira Varma is actually joining the series. Now, this is her. And she was just recently announced to be a part of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. She was most recently in Game of Thrones. I never watched Game of Thrones, so I can't really speak on her performance. I don't think I've seen her in anything yet. But it's exciting that we're getting new characters introduced to the series, which means they're rolling on with the production and going to start filming really soon. And now the big thing about this news is people are wondering, who will she be? Will she be a legacy character? Will it be a new character brought into the world? Let's speculate on that just a little bit. Because the biggest theory going on right now is that Adrena will play Satine. Now, Satine is from the Clone Wars animated show. She was the love interest for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And she was also a Mandalorian, a member of the uh, Kree's clan. So she is related to Bo-Katan. So there's that relationship there, which would make sense for her coming into Star Wars as well. This is the biggest theory going on. I'm not sure if I think this is the most likely scenario. However, it would be very interesting. And it's something I would want to see. There's some other theories going on about who she might be playing in the show from legacy characters. If you guys have any theories, put it in the chat now and we'll talk about them. But another big one that I saw, some people are saying on Twitter, is that she could be playing Barris Offie. Now, Barris is also another, you know, member from the Clone Wars animated show, but she was also in the prequel movies. She had a bigger role in, in the animated, but she is a very important character, especially up against Ahsoka Tano. You know, she was the one who basically framed Ahsoka for the attack on the Jedi Temple. And she has a very tragic history in Star Wars. And so this is also a possibility. Again, I don't think this is the the one that is it's going to be, but it'd be interesting to see, and I, w- I would I would be for it. And again, Adrena here, look at her face. What does that remind you of? How do you think she could act? And if you've seen her work before, maybe you have more context of her character acting, and maybe you could place it a little bit better. The one I thought was most interesting that people are theorizing is that she would play Arinda Price, Again, another character from the animated show. Now, if you haven't seen Rebels, gotta watch it. Again, we're interviewing uh, Yessi Rivera about Rebels next week, but this would be a great character too. So she has both been proposed to possibly be a villain and or a hero or just a third party in this series. But I don't think any of these is actually what uh, Adrena is going to play. I think she's going to be someone completely different. And my theory is that she will be an Inquisitor. Think about the time period that Obi-Wan is going to take place, right? It's right after A New Hope. Not right after, but it's still at the time when Darth Vader is trying to figure out who he's going to be for the rest of his life. Still kind of butthurt about the events of Revenge of the Sith. And he's going to want to find Obi-Wan and kill him, right? Well, during this time, 
Darth Vader has a league of inquisitors that he's hired to go out in the universe and hunt down Jedi that survived Order 66. Now, it's quite possible she could play this character here, the seventh sister. Again, a character from Clo uh, Rebels. I really love this uh, this character here and her droids that follow her around as her like her little pups. She would be a great one for me, in my opinion. And the best part is she's a completely unknown character. Her history, her background, we don't know anything. So it gives the filmmakers an opportunity to make it whatever they want to and make it fit their narrative for the Obi-Wan story. And it could make for a great suspense leading up to that battle with Darth Vader. Maybe a Inquisitor is this Inquisitor woman, Adrena, is hired to seek out Obi-Wan. They fight a little bit, but then she ends up dying and Darth Vader has to go himself. And when he goes and finds this Jedi, he realizes it's Obi-Wan. And then they have their epic battle. Uh, Josh says, I could see there being some Satine flashbacks in Kenobi. Maybe. I think so, too. I definitely think there will be flashbacks, mostly because Hayden is back. And why would you bring Hayden back if you're just going to leave him in the mask the whole time, right? So they'll probably have him some flashbacks and stuff like that. I could definitely see that happening. Max says, yeah, I definitely agree that she will be a Sith Inquisitor. Maybe the main villain besides Vader in the show. Okay, so we're kind of on the same page, Max. Um, Inquisitors are great. They have the, it's an interesting title because they are dark side users, but they are not Sith. They don't qualify as Sith. And that also adds to their rage. And uh, Josh said, I would be surprised if we didn't see Inquisitors in Kenobi. 100%. I totally agree. I, oops, my mic is falling apart here. Um, so that is, that's basically all the updates with Obi-Wan. There was one other mention about Ewan McGregor, actually, and that he might be making an appearance in the Andor series. Now, this was something that was not confirmed by anybody, so it's still just a rumor, but it's a possibility. I mean, they take place relatively the same time period. It would be a nice cameo, maybe to lead into one or the other show and tie them together in that way. Because I think that's what they're trying to do with the TV shows, make their own universe in Star Wars. So that's a possibility as well. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments below and we'll hear your thoughts. Okay, the other bit of news is, I know some of my listeners out there will really enjoy this. There was some more news about Ryan Johnson. So I think it was last week we talked a little bit about Ryan Johnson's most recent interview and the interviewer asked if he was still making his trilogy. And he said, yeah, he's still working on it. So a lot of people were thrilled about that. And that interview finally came out and made it to the light. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it today because the writer, the journalist, made some more posts. So here is one screenshot here. Now, the interviewer is Saria Wilson. I forget what company she works for, but this is what she says in her question. Did you know that Ben was going to die when you were making The Last Jedi? Did you know that from the beginning? Ryan says, no, I did not. No. Me irritated because I realized that killing Ben Solo was not always the plan. And Ryan notices my expression and sigh of disgust and laughably asked me what that was for. I told him I had a lot of feelings about that ending and then showed him my Ben Solo deserves better t-shirt, which made him laugh. He explained that it was very much a full handoff between seven and eight and as it was from eight to nine. Now she went on on Twitter and 
elaborated more and she said, Ryan did the best to tee up a bunch of things and tried to bring eight to a point where there were lots of places the story could go. He didn't want to be unfair to the next director and leave a lot of possibilities. He wasn't trying for a specific outcome for the end of the series, but to have lots of dramatic potential for nine. He answered my question again by saying he didn't know whether Kylo would live or die, then quickly corrected himself to say he didn't know whether Ben would live or die and how the series would resolve. So it's exciting that we're getting more updates about this interview, which still the whole thing has not been posted. It's very confusing how how this is happening, <laughs> but she keeps revealing pieces of it here and there on her Twitter. So maybe maybe this week we'll get the full thing. I don't know. One thing I find very interesting about these comments is, you know, it just confirms to us again that there was really no plan overall for the sequel trilogy, which is not a surprise anymore. And it's not something we should even debate anymore because it's very apparent. And it's kind of disappointing that they didn't collaborate as much as they wanted to, or maybe they didn't want to at all. I don't know, but I think they should have collaborated a lot more. And all of this, this whole interview was premised around the idea of Ryan Johnson possibly returning to Star Wars. And I know some of you listening right now are very open to that idea and very much looking forward to uh, Ryan Johnson trilogy or just another movie in general. There was another rumor about him saying that he might be returning to the Star Wars world to direct an episode of television. So there's that to look forward to as well. There's no comments or uh, spec or like, any sources on that that I could find, but I did hear it in the rumor mill. So there's a lot to look forward to as well. Now, one thing about this interview, when it comes out, I think we have to keep in mind is that it seems to be a very opinionated piece, a very one-sided piece. This interviewer was obviously a very big fan of The Last Jedi and not so much The Rise of Skywalker, which is totally fine. (laughs) I think that's the case for a lot of people. But it sounds like she's really pushing for the hopes of a Ryan Johnson trilogy. So we still don't know if it's happening or not. There's no official word from Lucasfilm themselves. Max says, I hope that Obi-Wan shows up in Andor, but just a cameo. I do too. I wouldn't want to see him fully fledged out in another show. I want him to have his own light, his own glory. So I'm with you, Max. I love the sequels, especially The Last Jedi, but I don't like that they had no plan. I agree with you. I, the sequels, I think they, there's a lot of good parts in the sequels. It's my least favorite of the trilogies, I'll be honest. But The Force Awakens has a very special place in my heart. When that movie came out, those that was some of the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I wish I could go back and relive that moment. Because seeing that in theaters with my brother all dressed up, first time Star Wars was back in a long time, it was an incredible feeling and an incredible movie, I think. you know. So thanks for sharing that. If any of you guys have any thoughts about Ryan Johnson or your thoughts on the sequel, share them in the comments below. Let's talk about it. Now, the last bit of news here that happened recently, which is kind of disappointing and just really, just really disappointing. That's, that's the best word for it is, you know, the Star Wars YouTube channel has been suffering. They're going through a lot. They're having a lot of backlash. All, all spawned from this whole Gina Carano situation, which... I'm not really getting into at this point, but um, it, it was a it was a terrible situation, and there's you know a lot of a lot of backlash about it, and so nearly every new video that has been posted on the Star Wars YouTube channel 
after that incident is met with a massive amount of downvotes and comments expressing support for Gina Carano. So check this out. This is just some screenshots here. So this was on March 4th. The ratio of dislike to like is not that drastic, but still significant. It's even more so in this video on March 2nd. Here's another one on February 23rd. 28,000 downvotes. Now, a lot of this could just be trolling, which is also unfortunate. But there are still a lot of people out there who are probably feeling this that this it's important to do it that way as well. But overall, it's just sad to see. And there was that that Kathleen Kennedy video for the Oscars that was released, I think, two weeks ago. And it was destroyed on the downvotes and in the comments so much so that, that, that they had to remove the like ratio and the comments from the video. And it wasn't even related or pertaining to Star Wars. And it's just stuff like that where it's like, disliking a video, is it's it's one thing. It's okay. I do it sometimes when I dislike the video. But um, to purposely go out of your way and make it a point to rally up against videos that have nothing to do with the context, is uh, it's, it's just so sad. And the negative fan reaction is by no means unique to just that video or the High Republic video. Just pursuing the past few weeks worth of uploads show that nearly all of the uploads since the firing of Gina Carano have been massively downvoted. So it's disappointing to see. And I hope I hope it gets better. I hope we can move past it at some point. But yeah, that's what's happening. Mr. Anderson says the films were well crafted, but the story's lack of cohesion hurt the franchise. Definitely. So that's kind of what we're on page with, by the way. Thank you so much earlier for uh, retweeting, retweeting the show and joining us on the last stream. You too, Max. Glad you guys could be here and uh, be a part of the live community. So that's always nice to see. But yeah, it definitely hurt the franchise. And I think everyone wants to point the finger, right? But I think in this situation, it's kind of a, a group blame. I think everyone ha holds a little bit of the blame. You know, uh, Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, uh Anyone else who may have been involved, I'm not sure, but um, definitely. I think, and it, it, part of it maybe wasn't even their fault. You know, Disney was like, we need movies now. <laughs> we spent $4 billion. You better make a movie and get it out there and make a, a tons of money. So they had a quota to meet. And with the time and the energy that they were given, I think they did a good job considering the circumstances. But uh, yes. Just a little bit more collaboration would have been great. I think Sarah Wilson wrote on Instagram that the interview will never come out. It was just a conversation between them. Interesting. Okay. Then I wonder why they met. Because I think in her initial tweet, she mentioned also which um, journalistic company she was with. So uh, thanks for pointing that out. I will check out Ciara's uh, Instagram and get back to you. The groundwork laid on The Force Awakens was amazing. I agree with you. Uh, the Force Awakens was incredible. Whether it was a rehash or not, uh, whether it had a you know one of the biggest cliffhangers of all time, it was it was a great setup. It was great exposition for a possible trilogy and a future of Star Wars. They are getting hit really bad over over there, over old geode okay yeah so let's talk about that let's talk about geode so this comes into our main topic today and our main topic is 
talking about this new character introduced into Star Wars. His name is Geode. And this new character is from the Into the Dark novel, written by Claudia Gray, a great Star Wars author. I uh, love her Master and Apprentice book with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And anyway, the new character is named Geode, and he is a navigator of the starship The Vessel. And he's also a rock. <laughs> Check this out. So this is the official description and artwork of Geode. He's just a big monolithic rock. <laughs> he has his imperfections, of course, but he's still standing tall and bright. Now, this is getting a lot of backlash from people. People are saying it's lazy. People are saying it's weird. People are saying it's stupid. And a lot of people haven't read the book. I haven't read the book either. So I, I too think it's a little kind of crazy, but I don't know the context of the story. I do know that he is a Vintian, and that's a certain species of sentient creature or rock in this case from the planet Vint. And he possesses the appearance of a tall, dark gray rock with a flinty and flaky surface. And according to one of the characters in the book, Leox Grassi, he's also the pilot of the vessel. Geode's true name could only be pronounced by those without a mouth. That's an interesting concept. You know, because he's a rock, he doesn't have a mouth. But it, it questions how did people know his name to begin with? From what I understand from the passages I read of this book, you know, again, I haven't read the full thing myself, but he is a, he's the navigator of the ship, of course, but no one has ever seen him move. No one can communicate with him. The Jedis and the crew around him think that he's, it's a, someone's pulling a prank on them and it's not real. This is a funny picture of a concept art that I saw. I'm sure you've seen it, but it's so funny. This is <laughs> so this is by Jake Bartok, and he says, I noticed that there isn't any official concept art for the dark, Dark's breakout star, Geode, yet here is my unofficial interpretation for everyone. <laughs> and I, I thought this was hilarious. When I first saw it, I thought it was just a joke because I didn't know any context about the situation. And it was just so, so funny to see. I want to, has anyone listening to this show or watching the video, have you read this book into the dark? I haven't even ordered it. Um, I haven't even finished um, light of the Jedi yet, so it will probably be a while till I get around to it. But what are your thoughts on it? Is there anything more to this character that we should know to give us some more context? Please leave a comment and let us know. But it's not the first time that a rock has been introduced as a character in Star Wars. That's right. It's not that crazy and that offbeat. There have been other rock characters in Star Wars dating back to 1985. So check it out. There was actually three different types of rock characters. Now, all of which have humanoid features like a mouth or a, a silhouette, but they have existed. So here is one species. Now, this is called the Cacren species. And this is a species of rock from planet K-43. And they first appeared in 2019 in Star Wars issue 69. So in the comic series, these appeared. Now, these were obviously a more humanoid version, but they were made out of rock. Kind of reminds me of Korg from Thor Ragnarok, which is another amazing character. 
Eh, you want the Wi-Fi? You want the Wi-Fi? Um, so this is one example of another rock species that has, has existed before. Now, again, nothing like this one. This one is just a brick. Another example, this one dates back to 1985, and this is called the Rock Wizard. Now, this first appeared in the Ewoks animated show back in 1985. He is a powerful wizard who lives on the forest moon of Endor, and he is made entirely of rock. Now, I have never seen this in my life before. <laughs> I don't plan on watching the Ewoks show, but I just wanted to point out there is another rock character in Star Wars. Uh, I'm never going to watch that show. I have no interest. Have you guys seen that show? I mean, look at it. Look at it. He's a rock. <laughs> but what's funny is Star Wars is so important now. It's so divisive now. People see things like this and they make it such a big deal. But Star Wars has always been so crazy and weird. It doesn't have anything to do with our galaxy. <laughs> you know? And the world's a weird place. Even in our real world. There's things that we still don't understand. So maybe Geode is real. But there's one last example of another species of rock that has existed in Star Wars. And this is called the Xandor rocker species. Now, this one reminds me of Pokemon. Check this out. These are the Xandors. Don't they remind you of Geode from, or Geodude from Pokemon? Except maybe a little bit, I don't know, fatigued, a little bit more cathartic. A little bit more on the heavier side. Not as fit. They don't hit the gym as often as Geodude. But anyway, they were first created back in 1985 as well by a writer of Marvel Comics, Dave Manick. They appeared in the Ewoks 1, the Rainbow Bridge episode, or edition. So again, we have two examples of rock creatures from Star Wars in the past. Two from the comics and one from an animated series. So it's not that crazy that Star Wars would introduce a rock as a character. I mean, it's crazy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, even if I, whenever I read the book, even if it's like makes sense or it's a metaphor or like something like that, I'm sure it's great. But it is just kind of random. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I, I think it's kind of funny. What do you guys think about it? Let me know in the comments. So let me see what you guys are saying here. Uh, all right. I fear the road ahead for Star Wars might be Rocky. <laughs> oh my god, there's so many puns we could do. Uh, a little rough around the edges, maybe? Sorry, you had to. I get it. No, I totally get it. That's okay. I think it's interesting that a rock is now a character in Star Wars, but I haven't read it, so it may be good. Exactly. It may be good. And um, it, it is interesting that a rock is a character. But you know what's... Okay, let me put it into perspective for people that might not agree with this whole idea now geode is a rock no one has heard him speak no one sees him move nothing what if uh it's just it's just a characterized fictional you know unsentient object that people are characterizing in the story just so they can cope with something i'm sorry my camera went out there we go an example of this and other properties is Walking Tall. It's an old movie. It was remade in the 2002, I think, by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. If you haven't seen it, it's okay. I would check it out. But anyway, in that movie, he 
carries with him a plank of wood and he uses it to beat people with bad guys don't worry not just anybody but the thing about that plank of wood is it is a character in that story it can't speak it can't walk but there's a history to that plank and it was used when he was building something for his family and i think the other example was it was a piece of wood that was used by his father i'm having a hard time remembering the movie but anyway that piece of wood was important to the main character and he used that to beat his enemies with it's a really weird movie it's really funny it's it's like kind of like 80s level concept i would check it out but i will read this book at some point and we will come back to geode and we will talk about him because i want to know more People are loving the concept art. That image cracked me up. I'm reading Light right now. What do you think of Light of the Jedi? The beginning is good. I'm almost halfway. It's a a different book. It's a very different kind of book. And um, we'll be doing a review as soon as I finish it. I think in Legends, there was a crying mountain. Interesting. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Please elaborate if you know. Um, but yeah, so just another example of other rocks that have been in Star Wars before. I hope that Taika plays a rock in his Star Wars movie <laughs> like he did in Thor 3, like Korg 2.0, Korg's brother from another universe. That'd be awesome. Um, it's a groundbreaking idea. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good, everybody. Throw in as many rock puns as you can. I want to know. I want to hear them. So I can share them with my girlfriend later. Okay, let's go into our second main topic. Okay, and our second main topic is the main topic. It's the title of this video. It's probably why you are all here. We're going to talk a little bit about Rangers of the New Republic and this Cara Dune situation. We're not going to talk about Gina Carano. We all know she was fired. So let's talk about the situation regarding her character going forward. People are thinking they're going to replace her, not recast, replace her with another character. And uh, one of the biggest theories going around right now is that it would be Hera from Rebels. Bringing in a lot of speculation and real world examples from animated series. And it just goes to show you how important Dave Filoni is to this Star Wars world. But yeah, people are saying Hera would be a great example of coming in. And it's not just a rumor. LRM has a source at Lucasfilm that has told people that the creatives are looking to bring in Hera Syndulla as the bridge to connect the show of Rangers of the New Republic to the Mandalorian universe. So apparently there's sources at Lucasfilm saying this is possibly happening, or at least it's in consideration as they develop the show. There was a rumor last week that Rangers of the, of the New Republic was going to be canceled. I think that's very likely, considering they lost what they thought was going to be the main character. Of course, that's not confirmed either. That's just me thinking. But Hera would be a good replacement. It would make sense, considering all the Rebels and Clone Wars uh, characters they're bringing to live action. And people love Hera. She's fantastic. And Hera does exist in the movie canon. She was mentioned in Rogue One. She was mentioned in Rogue Squadron, the video game. So... People know her at this point in time, the Mandalorian time period. She is a captain in the army. So she has her own ship. She's 
not a part of the ghost crew anymore. I mean, she might have it. I don't know. But she is a captain in uh, the squadrons. And I want to know who you guys think would be a good choice to play Hera. Now, this is us speculating, of course, because we don't know if it's true. But let's fan cast. Let's fan cast the role of Hera for live action. For me, my one pick is Vera Faminga. Now, it may seem a little weird, but I can see this happening. I think she'd be, one, she's a great actress. And two, I think she can act out Hera very well. You got to remember, at this point, Hera is older. She's also a mother. And she's a powerful leader. And I think Vera Faminga, this actress, is a great character to embody all of those characteristics. Not to mention, she's also very beautiful. And I think she would be good as a Twi'lek. And let's face it, she's already in like every franchise already except for Star Wars. She's in Marvel, isn't she? Is she in Marvel? I feel like I've seen her before. Uh, if you guys in the comments know, please let me know. I think she's in Marvel, but she's in the Conjuring series. She's in the Godzilla movies. She's in... um what I think she's in Pirates of the Caribbean. She's very like very briefly, but she's she's in a lot of franchises. She's kind of like the Zoe uh, Sindala. You know, Zoe's in everything. And yeah, so for Hera, what do you guys think? Who do you think would make a good live action Hera? Specifically for the Rangers of the New Republic show. Let me know in the comments. Let's see what you guys are saying here. So I'm in love with Vera Faminga. I love her in everything she is in. She's great, isn't she? She's such a dramatic actor, but she knows how to be funny. She knows how to be serious, and she's pretty great. Uh, Max says, to be honest, I'm not really excited about Rangers of the New Republic. Okay, well, you know what, Max? I actually am not that excited about it either. I think because it's the only show that we know the least about except for the, what the title suggests, Rangers of the New Republic, and which is another reason why I don't think it will be actually set, given the green light to go into production. Uh, I would love to see a live-action Hera. Yeah, I think it would be great. It's sad, though, that we won't get to see a live-action Kanan. Spoiler alert, sorry. It's been so long, you guys should watch Rebels by now, but I don't believe she's in Marvel. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of something else. There's another big movie that she was in. I think she was like a cop. I don't know. I've seen her in so much. It would make sense if Hera is in Rangers because she is in the video game Star Wars Squadrons and the time periods are very similar because Rangers will play directly after episode six. Um, yes. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think we're on the same page. That's what I think too. Hey, Max, I'm curious. What is... 4646. This is just a random number. Um, but you know, I, I see you a lot in the in the chat. I'm curious what your name means. So please let me know. But anyway, any of you watching later or on the podcast, let me know what your pick for a live action hero would be. Again, mine is Vera Faminga. And I'm the first person to suggest this. And I've already posted it on social media. So if you see other people suggest this or fan cast this Hera character, you know that you've heard it first here on Han Talks First. Okay, let's move into our last topic, and then we will kind of just branch off and get into random things in the Star Wars world. So our last topic today, we're talking about Yoda. 
the one and only, the Jedi Master, the Swamp Dweller. And we're actually going to be taking some examples and some notes. This topic arose from this book here, the Empire Strikes Back uh, from a Certain Point of View book, which is essentially the story of Episode 5 told from the perspective of other characters in the movie. It's a great book. It's very long. And if you see on the front cover, there's like at least 20, maybe 30 authors of this book, which is great because it gives you a certain point of view from different people, different writing styles and stuff like that. But this book I found has answered a plot hole that existed in the films ever since the prequels came out. And it offers an official ex explanation for the encounter in which Luke met Yoda for the first time. And if you remember, in Empire, Yoda doesn't remember who R2-D2 is. Which makes no sense because we know that they met each other in the prequels. They had a relationship. And, of course, you could argue, you know, at the time, George Lucas didn't have everything planned out, of course. So they weren't able to, you know, plan that accordingly so it was a little plot hole element but recently in this book we will uh, talk about their explanation as to why this happened and we're going to be looking at the excerpt from the story called the first lesson and it starts on page 119 the quotes i'll be reading is from page 223 now this is about yoda meeting or seeing them for the first time. So it says here, this, again, this is from Yoda's point of view. Carefully moving through the swamp while staying hidden beneath the fog, Yoda soon spotted the boy and his droid unpacking their supplies. Even though the droid was caked with algae, dirt, and stomach fluid, its appearance and familiar blips were still quite recognizable. R2-D2. Of course the boy had Anakin's old droid with him. Such cycles of fate no longer surprise the 900-year-old Jedi. Yoda watched Luke's gaze wander as he inspected the marshy environment while cracking open a metal container filled with travel rations. At the same time, he absentmindedly chatted aloud to R2, voicing his concerns. It's really a strange place to find a Jedi Master. R2-D2 responded with high-pitched whistles and warbles from reassurance. This place gives me the creeps. He hesitated. Still, there's something familiar about this place. Place, place, place. Repetition in the small-mindedness. The boy saw only the surface of things. His perception of reality still no limited. He was less than a Padawan regardless of his age. And basically what this passage is saying is that Yoda faked not knowing who R2-D2 was so that he could put on that act of the crazy swamp dweller so that he could test Luke's patience, test his morale. And it's a great explanation, I think. And uh, it just it lines up perfectly. And we all know, even when Empire came out, people knew that he was faking it, that he was putting on this show to test out Luke. And so, of course, him faking that he knew, didn't know who Artsy was, makes 100% sense. It's a great book. If you guys haven't read any of these books, they have 
the New Hope, and they have the Empire Strikes Back version. And I assume they'll be doing a Return of the Jedi very soon. But it's a great book. It is highly recommend it. You can kind of flip through to any part if you want. It's not like a continuous story, which is pretty great. And what do you guys think of that? That is um, our last main topic today, and one that I think is very interesting. Let's see. I just want some more ghost action. Heck yeah, we need more ghosts. She was in Bates Motel and action drama movies. Oh, she was in Bates Motel? I never saw that. Josh says her eyes are perfect for Hera. I agree. She'd be great. I'm a big fan of Valentino Rossi, and his number is 46. If you don't, if you don't, you know him. He is a MotoGP rider, motorcycle rider. Valentino Rossi. I I don't know who that is. Um, I assume it's like racing or something like that. But that's where the four six comes from. Okay, very cool, very cool. Thanks for sharing. Hey, Robin. Okay, thanks. Some people are saying hello. Maybe Yoda is pretending not to know R2 because he doesn't want Luke to know the truth. Exactly. There we go, Josh. Maybe you are the ghost writer. You wrote the book yourself. I don't know. But that is that is that. That is all the main topics I had prepared today. And if you have any questions for me or you want to bring up anything I might have missed, just let me know in the comments below. Again, I'm going to let people know in the chat I have posted the link to the article that did a feature on me. The Daily Inspiration article, Meet Han of Han Talks First. And that is available now. Uh, thank you, Voyage LA, for doing that. And uh, I hope you guys check it out. It's a very, shares a lot of information about me. And again, next week, we're going to be joined by a Star Wars actress, Yessi Riviera, who is no, also known as Sabine Wren, in an interview right here on Han Talks First. She's great. I think you guys will love her. And she will also come back for another episode in the future, which I haven't announced yet, but I will sometime shortly. So, wow, we got through that really quick. I thought this would be a longer episode, but I'm glad we knocked it out of the park. So some random news about me. So if you guys know, um, well, you probably don't know, but I, I went to film school a long time ago and I, I never really did anything with it. I work in the movie industry now. Um, not in ways you might think, but anyway, I recently wrote an idea for a short film that I had, a short film idea. And I shared it with some people and one person was extremely hyped about it and they said, let's make it. So they are actually helping me produce this short film and I will be writing and directing it. And it will, we're actually going to shoot it in a couple weeks. So it's pretty exciting. And I'll be sure to share that when it drops as well. I had another film that was a short film that actually became an official selection of a film festival uh, in November. So that's what I like to do in my spare time outside of Star Wars. And so, yeah, I, Hope I can share that with you guys very soon. It's I'm pretty excited about it. It's a pretty it's a pretty cool story. And yeah, that's really all I got. Um, we're going to be doing a new uh, show coming up really soon, a Falcon and Winter Soldier talk show that you can find on the podcast. We'll do those on Fridays. 
the new Falcon Winter Soldier starts in less than two weeks. So get excited. I know I am. Can't wait to see Bucky and um, what is his name? Sam. Uh, I love their relationship. It's going to be great. But that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. If you are on the podcast, please consider going over to the YouTube and subscribing. It would help out so much. I think we're at 737 subscribers, which is pretty great. And um, give this video a like if you're there. Uh, Check out the podcast as well. There's extra content on there. And I appreciate you have joined us live. Thank you so much for being here. And especially you guys who are here on multiple live streams. You're awesome. Uh, One day we're going to do another fan trivia night or trivia, trivia day coming up really soon. So I hope you will join us for that as well. And yeah, that's all I got for you. So thank you guys so much for being here. We will be back with more Star Wars on Monday next week on the 15th with a special guest coming next week as well. And until then, my friends, somehow, some way, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.